Greetings and salutations to you all. This is Dee Dee Moonflyer. Welcome to Twilight Tonic, your weekly voyage to points distant and parts unknown. We'll discuss all things paranormal, spiritual, weird, and wonderful. So if you're ready, grab your favorite tonic, your best comfy chair, and let's begin. Twilight Tonic, I'm doing one of my favorite things, and that is interviewing fellow podcasters and fellow YouTubers. And I'm really excited about this guy. I saw him online, and he interviews experiencers. And it's Mr. Gray Eleven. How are you tonight? I'm fine. Thanks for having me. Thanks for coming on. You know, it always fascinates me when somebody picks a subject that they're so interested in, and they start their own YouTube channel, just so they can learn and understand better. And you did that. And your fascination and your passion to me seems like UFOs and experiencers and abductees. So why did you choose that? Is it because you had experiences? Well, yeah, well, I'm uh, an experiencer since the age of three, at least, uh, at least um, maybe two and a half. It's hard to say. Um, the reason why I say this is that my my brother wasn't born and I'm four years older than him. Mm-hmm. So and these experiences started at least a year before him. So that's why I say two and a half. Mm-hmm. Now, the reason I, I like the, the experiences I had as a kid. Growing up, I didn't know anything about ET. So I'm I'm 48 right now, going on 49. Mm-hmm. I was born in 75 and um, in northern Ontario, Canada, mm-hmm. uh, basically in the woods. Um, and we had uh, we only had like three channels uh, on the TV: black and white TV, bunny ears on the TV. We didn't have any cable. So like I was raised on Gilligan's Island, really. Sure. Uh, just one. Yep. <laughs> and um, like most of us, and uh, so I. At the age of three, let's say, I tell my mom that there were people in my room at night. Now, I can't remember seeing them, but the fear was so installed in me, knowing that they were there, that mm-hmm. I would sleep up until the age, the age of 11 with my entire body tucked against the wall. Now, this is in the crib and eventually in my own personal bed. Now, I was so afraid that I'd sometimes I'd sleep uh, with as a, in a fetal position against the wall, but again, not looking at the wall and not looking towards the, the darkness behind me. Mm-hmm. Now, I was also afraid of the what's under the bed, the closet, the doors, the windows. Um, and uh, also, my mom would wake up at night, realizing I was beside her watching her sleep. Now, that really freaked her out because she didn't, she didn't understand how I, it was possible for me to jump out of the crib mm-hmm. being right. that, that small at that age. Um, now I can't remember at what age they gave me a bed because eventually when my brother came to and he, when I was four, we switched rooms. So, uh, you know, the whole crib part and the bed, I don't know at what age I was able to have my own, but 
Um, I was told by a, a MUFON researcher sometimes when the children they're being brought back from UFOs that sometimes uh, they, they go see their folks sleep because it brings them comfort and, and it gives them the like support and uh, they calm down a bit. Right. So, but again, uh, you know, being a child of the seventies, didn't know anything about ETs. Uh, all my life, I put that aside as a side note and that that was just a, a childhood fear of the dark mm-hmm. type of thing. Um, so when my brother came to, he, uh, well, like I started grade school and most of my life was normal, really. Um, the only thing of importance, let's say, was at the age of 11. Um, I, I never told my mom this, uh, maybe like a few years before she passed away, but it, it, eventually at the time where I stopped sleeping against the wall, because eventually it became like a force of habit, something I did, but I always felt safe against the wall. This time, um, I know I'm on my back, my eyes are closed, but I realized that my two, my two legs are in the air at a 45 degree angle. <laughs> in my mind, I scream out, no. And as soon as I do that, my legs fall to the bed mm-hmm. with a thump and I black out. Wow. But again, I that meant. Um, so I finished college with two mining degrees. And so this, I was 25, round of uh, maybe... Uh, I think the year 2001, I'm on my own for the first time. I'm out of town, uh, like maybe eight hours away from where my folks lived. Uh, I was working in a mining research center. And um, uh, that's when the visions start to kick in. Mm. Like I didn't think, I didn't know anything about ETs or visions and whatnot. Only that I, there was a lot of ghost stories within my family. Mm -hmm. Uh, So the supernatural was very uh, known to to our family, but not, not about ETs. So, um, just about to fall asleep, like in the Delta wave uh, uh-huh. area. And I'm um, looking at my, the air in between my bedroom closet and where, and, and my bed and the air starts to bubble in front of me. So imagine heat rising from hot pavement. Right. Oh, so just like that type of energy. And I, I see my brother's face. I, I call him like a, a young Brad because he, he looked like Brad Pitt a bit. So his, I see his face in that energy, his head's tilted to the side, his eyes were closed, and I got, I got the feeling that he was drowning or dying at least. Uh-huh. Now that panicked me a bit because that was the first time seeing like a third eye type of thing. And uh, so I, I call up my mom the next day and I tell her the story. Uh, a few days later, she calls up to tell me that my brother is in the hospital mm-hmm. getting massive blood transfusions because the the medication he was taking for his ulcerative colitis was actually killing him. Oh my his gosh. Blood platelets, oh yeah, his blood platelets were severely low. And um, so he had, like the guy's lucky he didn't get uh, AIDS or anything because he got massive blood transfusions to mm-hmm. bring the platelets. So that vision was sort of my my first awakening to what it meant to be like an experiencer, uh, like because uh, psychic stuff. Uh, it's very it's part common. It's very common. So very, very I didn't common. know anything about that. That was just a random thing. So I started getting a lot of random things throughout my life. The, the, the good stuff starts in uh, 2007. So uh, I'm on my back. I'm sleeping. I, I wake up. Now, this would be in summer 2007. And uh, so I was... Uh, I was renting a second story apartment 
And the it was really, really hot during that summer. Uh, all the windows were open. Uh, the blinds were open, everything. And so I wake up in the morning around 6 a.m., mm -hmm. sun's up, and uh, I start looking around, really calm for some reason. And I notice that something floating just above my bed oh. in the air, around at, around six feet in the air. Uh -huh. And it's black. And I start to concentrate on it. And I'm, I'm tracing it because I, I see an outline of something. Then I realize I'm, it's an outline of an upside down, let's say, guitar pick or an upside down pear. So the top part would be big uh -huh. and it would come down in a V-shape towards the bottom. And I thought, wow, what's that? And I start concentrating inside. Then I see two big round eyes at the top of the head. And I thought, oh. So I thought, okay, well, that's probably a ghost for some reason. Now, this is the strange part. Now, why would I be super calm looking at a ghost? Right. So. <laughs> yeah, you know, the EPs tend to, to calm you down and uh, like for their security, our own. Mm -hmm. um, so I looked at her for like 30 seconds and I, then I, a thought came to me, go to sleep. And so I just turned around, hugged my girlfriend and I fell asleep. I told my, I told my mother that story and for a long time, I didn't know what that was. Not until I was, so that, that happened when I was 30-ish. So not until at the, at the age of 40 that I started making connections. So uh, so two months later, within that same apartment, I'm sleeping and I, a, vo a female voice whispers to my ear. Because I was sleeping on my left side, so my right ear was pointing to the ceiling. Mm -hmm. And maybe an inch away, I hear a woman's voice say, you're going to be an uncle and your parents' grandparents. Hmm. I wake up at a jolt thinking somebody's in the bedroom. Right. I, I, I mean, the, I'd flip out. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, the, luckily the light switch was just above my head. So I flip it on. No one's in the bedroom. I turn around. I look at my girlfriend. She's sleeping. And I thought, okay, what the hell? So like three months later, almost to the day, uh, my brother calls up and, tell, and tells me, um, asks me, uh, do you feel old? And I thought, wow, that's a strange question. Right. Said, no. <laughs> like, Why? Uh, he says, well, you're going to be an uncle. And that's when he kicks in. I, I completely forgot about that. I said, oh, my God, that actually happened. So wow. I really put that down as a, a dream. Even though if, you know, the voice was external. Mm -hmm. But, uh, yeah, so I thought that was pretty cool. Out of curiosity, so, um, just to backtrack a little bit, did you ever suffer yeah. from sleep paralysis? Uh, I don't... Uh, Maybe as a kid. Okay. Maybe as a kid, I don't recall. Even 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 now, I've never had that. Mm -hmm. I've, I've I've known a lot of people that did go through that. You know, the are the, the their eyes can only move and their entire body. Right. But no, not, not not myself. Uh, I would get a lot of body taps, which I'll get into. Okay. Um, Interesting. So this is how I was brought up, brought into you know the ET world slowly. Um. At my place, we did a C5, and that's for the first time mm -hmm. I realized that satellites moved in orbit. I didn't know things moved in orbit. So mm -hmm. the second night, we did a, uh, on my front lawn, we did a, uh, like, 45 minutes. This was in August of 2013. Uh, we do a C5. We did the, the Greer pro Dr. Greer protocol. We did other chants. And within 45 minutes, now, we were standing up this time. Normally, we are like, on the lawn, looking at upwards. 
Mm-hmm. Everybody was outside. This, this was a warm August. And, you know, the, 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 the neighbor's children were up. Everybody's outside. And at the 45-minute mark, we see this 10 feet wide, orange, red, roundish, egg-shaped UFO come in flying diagonally in front of us just above the power lines, maybe like 30, 40 feet above the power lines. I could have thrown a rock at it. And it glided slowly, mm-hmm. no, no sound whatsoever. Uh, and uh, nobody saw it except us. We saw it for at least a minute. And that we were hyped. Now, the week later, she had to visit somebody. I was at my parents' place. They had a nice uh, forest season cottage mm-hmm. by the lake. Oh, wonderful. Yeah, we lots of good memories there. And uh, lots of good fishing too, but... Mm-hmm. Uh, we, uh, I did, I decided to do a, uh, like an hour ish, uh, C5 on my own. Beautiful night sky, starry night sky. And I do, a, I do a C5, you know, the, we're in the woods, so we had loads of mosquitoes. So I decided to do a C5, but I, I'd be walking all around the house. Uh, right. Just to make sure <laughs> the mosquitoes don't catch up. And, um, can you explain to my audience what a C5 is? CR5? Well, yeah, it means a huge, it's, but they, they, there's different form of contacts, like in person, when you only see a UFO, when the, the ETs take you. And the fifth one would be human initiated contact, mm-hmm. where you, you, you put in the effort and they sort of meet us like in between. Right. So the, uh, the, the Greer protocol is, um, I know he does a few chants, but one of the, the things he, rec- he, he tells us to do at least is since they, the ETs are telepathic in nature, mm-hmm. at, least, at least some of them. The, you try to project your position uh, in space with your mind, showing in what part of the galaxy you're in. So we're, we're in a branch galaxy, a spiral galaxy. Well, so we, we sort of show ourselves where we are roughly. And then we zoom back to you, you show them with your mind what the <laughs> solar system looks like, all the planets, the moons, uh, Jupiter and whatnot. And then you zoom to your, our corner of the woods, which we, would be the moon and Earth. And then you zoom to where you are and which, which continent, and, and then you, you do it backwards. You zoom to the moon, you zoom to the, uh, to the solar system, you zoom to the galaxy. So I would do that back and forth with other chants. And uh, so I, I, I did the same going around my house, my parents' house. And after like an hour, nothing would happen. So I decided to go back in, uh, take a, like a break from all the mosquitoes. So like a, a little five-minute <laughs> break. And uh, I go back outside, and as, I, as soon as I put my foot on, I, I you know that it leaves the, the front porch. Mm-hmm. I get the feeling to look up, and as I soon as soon as I look up, like the timing was impeccable, just above the tree line, the same UFO flies over. Hmm. No sound whatsoever, and right. I get the and I, I was in awe again, but I get the feeling go get your folks. So I'm not sure if they were if it was me telling myself to get my, my parents or it was them, but I run inside the house and I tell my parents what happened. My mom would come out fairly quickly because she was into angels and stuff like that. So, mm. so my dad, a bit more down to earth, took a bit while, maybe like 20 seconds or so. So my mom saw the UFO fairly close and my dad saw it when it was further away. And from that moment, I, from that moment on, my father started having contact. So that's enough. I'll get into that after. Um, you know, it's, it's really interesting. The part of 
the country that you're in. There is a lot of sightings up there. Historically, there have been in my neck of the woods where I was. Mm -hmm. Um, But uh, yeah, they're they're not, uh, I suspect they're a bit more, at least um, that's been told, at least in the U.S., but there, there are a few like UFO sites where they gather in information and people can uh, write to them and they can like log everything, let's say. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, we do have Move on Canada. So we've got our own teams. Uh, yeah, I, I'm, I was really good friends with one of the older, uh, one of the former uh, presidents of Move on Canada. Um, even my current girlfriend, she's good friends with his daughter. So, it, you know, the world's really small. It's, it's, yeah, it's you, you tend um, to attract like minded people. Exactly, exactly. So, uh, so yeah, uh, just to get into some of the stuff that my dad uh, went through, um, we, in that same year, I think in, in De- maybe November or December, he started, he had uh, like a really bad cold. So uh, the, the, uh, the master bedroom was uh, on the first floor. So my dad went to the, the, the guest bedroom on the, uh, in the basement and he, he slept there. And as soon during the night, he decides to wake up. And, you know, again, the timing's perfect with them. As soon as he woke up, through the bed, the, the basement window came in a four-inch golden orb, which had sort of like wavy energy moving inside it. Mm-hmm. And it, it went from one side of the bedroom to the other. And then it, poof, it, it went back out through the, the basement window. My dad tried to catch it, but it either went through his hand or over it. He doesn't, mm-hmm. he doesn't know. Um how did he, started, he feel about that? Was he frightened or just fascinated? No, fascinated, yeah. Huh. He just looked at it, tried to catch it, and it went to... It, the whole thing didn't like go... It didn't like fly really fast. It just like mm-hmm. glided and went back out. Um, my dad also had a... Started getting body taps like I did. Um, he would wake up when he would get these taps. And he saw uh, like a, a, a shadow being beside his bed. A humanoid shadow, let's say. Right. Uh, he suspected it could have been his mom, which passed a year prior. But he, uh, one of the last things that he had was um, a few years ago, he uh, he met uh, a new, because my mom eventually passed away, but he met somebody and uh, he moved to a new town and mm-hmm. he called up and he says, uh, Yan, um, I woke up and I saw a weird looking clown in front of the bed. Oh, no. Yeah, so that's basically uh, a screen image. Uh, the ETs, the Greys, right. they show themselves. They project themselves as something that you know that that's a bit less threatening. That's really they, odd. A clown. Yeah. They, well, they're not. They're not human, so they didn't. Right. They, they don't know how to get it perfectly. So they scan their their brain. My dad's brain. Okay. The you know what clowns were hit what are. So the, he projected itself as a clown, but. He told me the clown, the, it looked off. Something was off and how it was, it was showing itself. So I told him it's a, it's a gray, um, probably. So that's like this, the main stuff that he had. Uh, uh, December 5 of 2013. Um, this is again, Northern Canada, freezing as hell. And um, so because of the cold, sometimes I'd wake up and have to go to the bathroom. So my bedroom was my uh, my bed was right beside the bedroom doorway and uh, so I was sleeping on my side facing the doorway mm-hmm. and I opened my eyes so right maybe like two feet away from my face I see this sort of five inch long black hole or black disc 
floating, black, black oval-shaped hole, let's say, floating in front of my face in the bedroom doorway. And because it's, you know, it's black. It, you right. know, it was night. It, it felt, it's as if the, the, it was matte gray or a dark matte gray. Um, not perfectly black, but that's how my brain registered it. And um, it also registered that nothing was holding in place and there was no width to it, like perfectly like one millimeter or whatever. It was 2D, no, no 3D. So my, I, as soon as my brain registers it, I jump up and the light switch again was thankfully just above my head. Mm -hmm. I switch it on, the black hole disappears. My fiance wakes up in a jolt, screaming like, what's happening? What's happening? So I thought she was waking up because of me. She says, no, I'm not waking up because of you. Someone was, a man was telling her while she slept in her mind, telepathically, saying the words EMP, electromagnetic pulse, as if our house was being attacked. Hmm. So having the black hole and that man telling her, because again, what I didn't mm -hmm. say, my fiance was a child great abductee back in England. Mm -hmm. Also, her great grandfather was a knight and was a, he was a higher ranking military officers and, officer and was best friend with one of your old presidents. And um, the, he worked with them alongside them. Mm -hmm. So we, uh, the entire time I was with her, my phone was tapped um, for a year because we... Something you know, bad things happened to me later on, but so, so out of curiosity, yeah. her grandfather worked with the U.S. Yeah, on yeah, World War One. Yeah, yeah. Now, did he work with aliens and UFOs? Was he involved would, in that? Uh, they, she said that she heard stories that they would talk about that the uh the household but mm -hmm. no she never gave me any details um she's in, she's in hiding right now so that's why we oh i'm sorry we haven't spoken since 2016 um yeah bad stuff about military trying to find her and uh uh which i won't get into um so okay so after the black hole maybe takes about half an hour before we fall back asleep so um i wake up a bit during the night, I get like a feeling that I'm looking towards like the, the, the ground and I get the sense that there's just coming, there's movement coming in from the doorway where the portal was. And um, I black out and I wake up this time during the night. I'm facing my fiance. So I'm, I'm on my right side this time and I'm looking around in the bedroom. I'm super drugged up. So imagine coming out of anesthesia, super druggy. Okay. Like, like you're, yeah, like you had a bit, a bit, a few, a few pints too much. And, and I, I've got rheumatoid arthritis, so I don't drink anymore. So, and I don't do drugs. So I'm looking around, super drugged up. And I realized in front of the bed and on her side of the bed, I'm seeing him. So imagine football players, like American football players, but you're mm -hmm. only seeing the shadow, but like standing in front of you. So I'm seeing five, six feet tall, humanoid very broad-shouldered beings. I'm only seeing the, the, the outlines that, that would come down to the, to, the, to the floor. They've got these huge broad shoulders and where the neck would be, I'm seeing this huge, disproportionately big, round helmet. 
they're all the same and they're moving around in front of the bed on her side of the bed. So even though being drugged up, I'm able to raise my hand to say hi. As soon as I do that, I black out. Uh, I wake up. I realize I'm standing, but I'm looking towards the floor. My feet are naked and I'm wearing hospital robes. Hmm. Now, I suspect this could have been my lap. Because I've never heard ETs drug people before. Yeah. Yeah. And I suspect I'm naked because I'm barefoot and wearing hospital robes. Uh, So, yeah. So I black out and I wake up the next morning. Do you feel like you were in a vicinity? I don't know. If if they had the technology to come in through a portal, they could have taken me back easily to somewhere else. Yeah. Um, when I've yeah, talked the, to a lot of experiencers, those other they were taking to a vicinity, and they wow. a couple of them believe it's here on Earth, and it's really interesting. I've uh, I've had somebody on my show that um, uh, her name's Sally. She's from Australia, and she mm-hmm. saw uh, like a six feet tall portal black portal where, where people would walk into it and uh, and disappear because it's a portal of course but um so yeah uh, i suspect might have might have started small and then grew up grew bigger to have them come in but again i was sleeping at the time to uh to, to backtrack a bit all my life i had the sense that i was missing somebody like i knew somebody in the past and I couldn't remember her face or her her name, but like yeah, I remember like one of my childhood homes. I'd, I'd be walking around like to and fro in the in the living room, and I said I'd be telling myself, "Who am I forgetting? Who am I forgetting?" Uh-huh. So, um, so all my life I had this sort of like fem- like a, a feeling that there's a female watching over me, and sometimes I had these bad experiences where I'd, I'd be asking a raise to one of my bosses, and he, I. I He'd get me also emotional that I, I eventually had to go to my apart my my house and I'd uh, I'd, I'd vomit and uh, I I fell uh, I fell asleep in front of the toilet. I eventually got up and I went to the to went to bed and uh, I had a few experiences where I I knew I was out of body and I was sleeping on the floor. One time I heard this female voice say, "What are you doing on the floor?" Oh wow! And I I I feel. Somebody like give me a hug and I feel this love and I, 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 it felt so beautiful. I felt loved. And I feel I'm being dragged in back in, inside my body. And when I was asked, when I asked for a raise and I got sick and I eventually had to go, I went to bed. I realized this time I'm out of body again. Mm-hmm. And I was in the corner of my bedroom in, in my house. And I remember seeing, remember seeing the entire bedroom here. And uh, I'm in fetal position in the corner. And I hear a door open and I turn around and I look at where the door was and the door's still closed. I turn around to look back into the corner and I feel a hand plunge in through my back to touch my heart because my heart was beating really, really fast. And I was born with a heart problem at the time before it got fixed. Mm-hmm. So that was dangerous. So somebody came in through the, I don't know, the door, a spirit, whatever, plunge its hand through my heart. And as soon as it did, my heart started to calm down. I felt my I felt my my spirit come back into my body, and I fell asleep. And I woke up the next day with no problem whatsoever. Now, um, and that out of curiosity, yeah, real quick, have you ever heard of a guy named Wes G. Roberts? 
Oh yeah, I know Wes. Like, I, I, yeah, I've been, yeah, I've interviewed him a couple of times. I like Wes a lot. Mm-hmm. Some of what you described is something some similar to his experiences. Yeah, yeah. I haven't seen him since 2019, I believe, though. Yeah, last time was at the Toronto the, the conference in Toronto. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I was wondering about that. Because he's and, from uh, Canada too. Yeah, he's a good man. Uh, so yeah, to continue the story at, within to, to, to continue the story regarding that that girl that seems that woman that seems to follow me. Um, like, like before the uh, during the show, I, I would talk about I'd be getting a lot of body taps. So from from the moment I bought that house, which was uh, a modular home, so it was built off site and brought on site. Um, I started getting body taps. At first, it started on my back. Then it would everywhere on my body every month or so. Two bot, two taps, took took, just to wake me up to say, "Hey, we're here." And that that continued on. It's from 2009 to 2015. Um, and uh, so eventually, I'm on my yeah. I'm still with my fiance, but she was out during that time when this happened. Mm-hmm. I'm sleeping. Uh, I'm on my back, but I'm I'm sleeping. I'm conscious. What? I feel light taps starting from my feet going up my leg. So when the taps or the, the touching came to my hip area, I go in my mind in a full vision mode and I'm seeing this angelic lady. So imagine Olivia Newton-John and Xanadu wearing <laughs> uh, like an old 1980s, like 1800s, 1700s type of pajamas. Interesting. And um, this angelic lady says to me, uh, do you want to come with me? So she had like a nice light bushy, like blonde hair that came down to her shoulders, like really angelic. And I only saw her, everything belly up. Uh, I've been told if you only see belly up, they're high energy beings, high immortals. Mm-hmm. And um, so so I tell this, this angelic lady, oh yeah, she was showering me with love. Every cell in my body felt love. I felt paralyzed by the love. So imagine going to heaven. That's how it felt like. And um, so I tell her, well, I can't come with you. My mom's going to miss me because my mom is still alive. So as soon as I say that, she showers me with sadness. Every cell in my body felt sad. And I thought to myself, oh, no, oh, no. What did I do? What did I do? I'm so sorry. And then she says out of the blue, are you good with motors? And I thought, what? What what a strange question. I thought she, like she was ET, like a play a DM. Right. And I say to her, I, like I had a sort of developing rheumatoid arthritis. So I had like, I showed her my arthritic hand. And I said, I can't help you with your motor with this hand. Because I thought she wanted me to repair her UFO motor. So I, that's how dumb I was. <laughs> and again, she showers me with sadness and then she disappears in a backward, backward motions. Now, maybe like, a day later at most, so this again in December of 2013, it was super cold outside. And uh, we have uh, up north here, we, we, we can get installed a, a long distance starter where we start our truck from a, from a distance. So I, I, I tried to start my truck from inside the house. It didn't want to start. So I knew uh, I forgot to plug it in. The battery's probably dead because of the cold. Right. So I put it on a charger for three hours, come back uh, and I go, go back inside the house. After three hours, I unplug it and try to start it again from the house. It doesn't want to start. Call my dad and he tells me, go underneath the truck and start tapping on the starter. 
So with all the snow, I, I'm able to sort of crawl in underneath and find the starter. And I, I, I tap it for like a few minutes and I go back inside the truck and I try to start it manually this time. It takes like 20 minutes to start. It eventually starts because, the, you know, the guy needed to eat. I needed to get some groceries. Right. I go back inside the house to let it warm up. And that's when it kicks in. Are you good with motors? She wasn't talking about her UFO motor. She was talking about truck motors because she knew my truck was going to, was not going to start. So how, how the, you know, the, 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 the question was so off and that I knew that those two events had to make sense. She was just trying to show me that her visit was actually real. Now, the thing that really bothered me of that event was she was dressed in white. Hmm. And one thing that I never talked about, because uh, I just remembered it, was growing up when I said that uh, there was a lady that was sort of forgetting. Mm -hmm. For those (laughs) born in the 70s, early 80s, there was a movie that came out from Disney that's called Child of Glass. Oh, now, this yeah. Is so, yeah. You, you saw it? Yeah, I believe so. Yeah, I, I remember it. So this is the story of a young boy and his family that they, they buy a house that, that was on, on an old plantation. And that the, the young kid eventually meets up with a, a young girl that was killed, I think, by her father. And her spirit still roams that plantation. And her spirit's trapped in a, a, a toy, a figurine, or a, a, a young girl's uh, like Barbie doll or a child of glass. So that's why her, her spirit was stuck because of her, grand, her father. And her father was still haunting her somehow. So, but the girl, the image of the girl stayed with me in my, my entire life because she was wearing the same type of dress that the angelic lady was wearing. Wow. So when I saw her, I thought, okay, that has to be related. Um, now, my, uh, my mom also during that time would, would start to have Nordic being, uh, dreams about Nordic beings at reptilians. My, da- my dad was all started getting, uh, being felt up. And eventually, uh, after Christmas, my fiance, uh, she goes back to the, uh, to the UK because her mm-hmm. six months was. And my mom dies from a, like a super virus back in 2014. Within two oh. days, she was dead. I'm sorry. So that, or, yeah, thanks. That devastated the family. My, my fiance, with, with a note I sent her, was able to come back to Canada to help me with my, uh, my dad's uh, coping and my, myself too. So uh, as soon, the, the same night that my fiance was, we were, I eventually had to sell my house. Uh, the company I worked for went broke. And I didn't find money, uh, another job fast enough. So I had to, I had more, like mortgage to pay. So I eventually I had to sell the house. So we moved back into my dad's house. And the whole thing was like divinely orchestrated, let's say, because yeah. now I'm there to help my dad. 100% to watch over him because he, he really had it rough because my parents were together since the age of 16. Oh, my mom died when she was like 61. Yeah, she was still young. Yep. So that really killed my dad. Uh, and uh, so the first night she's over, like she's like really connected to the, to the spirit realm. She wakes up at night and she says, get me a piece of paper quick and a pen. And she starts writing down. Uh, she wrote the, the entire length of the paper. The thing is, my mom was telling 
was speaking to her in her mind. And uh, my mom only spoke French at the time. And uh, mm -hmm. so my fiance wrote what she heard phonetically, how it sounded, three quarters of the page. And it was readable. I was able to make out words in French. And the, the last part, while she was speaking to my mom, she, she told my mom, please speak to me in English. I don't understand a word of French. Now, so the last part, my mom said, look in the drawer by the window. So the next day, we, we, uh, we show the, the paper to my dad and we go around the house. In the drawer by the patio window was, we found my mom's dream diary. On oh, the wow. second, to yeah, the second to last entry in the dream diary uh, was my mom actually predicting her own death. Oh. In that dream, my, my maternal grandmother who passed away, who showed up to my, in front of my, like beside my dad, like I said, came to her in the dream with other spirits to, to talk with her. And eventually she finds out that she's going to get surgery on her, in her chest area. So imagine she had like a super virus. So the virus started off in her right. neck and went down into her lungs. And even like they gave her uh, such a strong antiviral thing that it could have killed an elephant. That's what they said. So it, yeah, even, even though she would have made it, perhaps she would have been, her organs would have been decimated. So we, that's why we unplugged her because she, she wasn't breathing, breathing on her own. She was plugged in. So uh, anyhow, uh, yeah, when I do presentations and UFO conferences, I show the actual scan of the, uh, the diary that, that she, uh, that she, mm -hmm. she entered. But so, so my grandmother tells my mom that don't worry, everything's going to be fine. But not everything was, well, everything's fine in the spirit realm, of course. Right, yeah. She moved on and, but like we, we, we had to live with the, the we had to cope with the fact that she, uh, she passed on. Oh um, man, that's difficult. Yeah, it was. Um, and uh, especially for my dad, because he had a sort of like a, a heart attack a few months later. So we had to cope with that too. Uh, he, well, he's still with us, thankfully. Um, Thank goodness. And so in that, yeah, in 2014, we're invited to a special C5 north of uh, Montreal. Mm -hmm. And uh, we have a, a, a UFO, a triangle UFO fly over our head. Three white dots in the, the corner of each, in the corner of the triangle. And in the center was a big round uh, red, red light. And... Um, so that was the main thing during that year. Now, um, so I sell my house. Yeah, I sold my house at the end of 2014. And uh, so my, my fiance eventually has to go back to UK. And six months later, well, at least in March, at least. Yeah. So yeah. in March, she, she, uh, she decides to break up. So that's really devastated me because like she was prophesized and uh, she brought me into the, the world of, of ETs. We had loads of stuff happening. Mm -hmm. And so I, I was devastated. So I, like I emailed her for uh, an entire month and she never writes back. Wow. So at the end of the month, I'm super suicidal. I'm crying. My dad's out. I'm taking care of the dog. I don't have work. I don't have a house. My mom's dead. And I'm about to get open heart surgery. because in in, uh, It's like I, a which I would, giant I, I double whammy. Yeah, that, those few years were... Um, yeah, I didn't want to, I, I wanted to die. 
So being crying out to universe, being suicidal, I write her one last email thanking her for all the memories. Mm-hmm. So, and that's it. Okay, so at 6 p.m., I, I still got the email. At 6 p.m., I send her the email. So this would be five hours uh, UK time. So that's like past midnight. So at, at around 1 or 2 p.m., she responds after a month. I'm not getting any answer. And she says, what's happening? Are you okay? I just got woken up by a voice saying, wake up now. Remember now, she's overseas. Mm-hmm. Right. Being awake because I, I cried out to the universe. Uh, yeah, she got woken up because I cried out to the universe for help. She gets woken up and she says, the voice was female and alien. So it all comes back to the angelic lady that showed herself to me, the angelic voice, and the when is she when I was on the floor, and the so there's like one this whole thing around this white lady that seems to be connected. So she and so we thanks to that we we corresponded a bit after that and we sort of patched things up. So I so that's why I tell people if you need to pray, pray because somebody's listening. Now, do you think because of your ET experiences in what you guys did together has connected you psychically? Uh, I don't know. I don't know. But um hopefully, hopefully, yeah. But uh yeah, she was uh, she had a lot of bad stuff happen to her, so she eventually she had to go into hiding. She went to, she she ran to the church also. And um, also, yeah, so, so, so really thanks to her, uh, I found out, because, you know, those in the States, a lot of them that at least I had on my show, if they had like certain ET contacts, a lot of them had military family. And, uh, but, you know, at least to us, you know, they, at least up North, we, the, the military is not that prevalent. Mm-hmm. And so I try, I try to figure out why I was having these experiences. And, uh, so I remembered my grandmother's bloodline. See, uh, my grandmother, oh, she's, she, she died like she was 92. Uh, I think she's 92 or 93, but she would, she would tell us that her, 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 maiden, her maiden surname is Aylwin. And she told us that the, the, the Aylwin family back in the day was an important one, but that's all that she knew. Mm-hmm. She thought they were, it was a, a, a special British bloodline family but it turned out thanks to my fiance when i told her the name she said oh yeah the aylwins the name appears in the the british domesday book which is a very old book about the old uh families uh, that lived uh, in the in the in england at the time mm-hmm. and they were nobles so the aylwins were they were nobility and the uh, i started researching and the the man their manners still up so they were lords that that held a seat in the in the um, in the manner of Aylwington, and um, those those nobles eventually they came to the U.S. Mm-hmm. and when the when the U.S. started to fight the crown, they didn't want to fight the crown, so they moved up through the the East Coast and they came up to Quebec, Canada. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah, so doing more research on that on the Aylwin bloodline it's a branch it's it, it, a lot of bloodlines come from older bloodlines the, the names changed over time right so during during the 
the, 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 the hundreds and hundreds of years, people like weren't very educated. So they would spell their family name the way it sounded. So that's why it changed. But if you go, it, it all derives to the, an old bloodline. So we, the ailments come from an old bloodline that can be tra uh, traced back to the Roman era before Anglo-Saxon, before, before the Old English, back to the Roman times, and it means elf wine. A-E-L-F-W-I-N-E. -E. Hmm. In Anglo-Saxon, the word wine means yeah. friend. The word elf means, the, the older translations means magic, friend, or elf. So elf friend, magic friend, noble friend. I was watching recently a, uh, a documentary on the Elohim, the uh -huh. Anunnaki, and the yeah. Nephilim. And the word elf means shining ones. So basically, my grandmother's bloodline means friends of the, the old gods. So the Elohim, the shining ones, they're all related. So... A bit like um, the, uh, the 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 uh, the Anunnaki, let's say, or the uh, uh, what 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 human race used to write in cuneiform? I forget. Um, say it again. I'm sorry. What what uh, hu like what human uh, like race would write in cuneiform? Oh gosh. And, on, and the old tablets, I I, I forget. But uh, like in the Mesopotamia areas, but anyhow. Right. So, so that's how I found out that, okay, that could have been a reason why I had these experiences. So I started talking more about my experiences. Um, I get eventually, uh, I start working for free, uh, Ray Hernandez and the, mm -hmm. uh, the foundation, foundation for Research into ET. So I started working with him in the beginning. And um, so I got, I started getting more involved. Uh, I take part in a, uh, with the, the help of main experiencers, Starborn support people. Mm -hmm. I take part in a Japanese TV show. Um, so that was my first time driving down to the U.S. Then the next year, I'm invited to take part in a conference in Maine. Experiencers speak. Mm -hmm. And I, take, I took part with in the uh, UFO Con 2021. So, and I did a few radio shows with that. So that helped me because um, I'm really an introvert. So I hate talking. I, I'd rather listen. <laughs> so... <laughs> <laughs> and uh so yeah i really started getting involved but um but uh, yeah it, the whole thing really changed my life and um so to, to, to come back to 2016 um uh, on uh on new year's yeah 2000 uh, december 31st 2015 mm -hmm. i started doing a c5 outside super cold outside um i had to wear like a skidoo mask and a really warm uh, outfit to, to stay outside and I do a C5 because uh, I'm alone. I'm taking care of my dad's dog. He's outside. Uh, he's out with his girlfriend celebrating. Mm -hmm. uh, so I, I don't see any UFO this time. Because normally like 50% of the time, I'm able to, to have some form of contact. Uh, I go back inside the house. I start saging. And uh, I know because of the, 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 the whole ET thing, I, 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 I became more spiritual. And, more aware uh, so of their surroundings. More aware, yeah. Uh, so I go to bed and uh, around, like during the nighttime, I get, normally I get bl uh, body taps, mm -hmm. but this time um, I'm sleeping on my left side 
I get an electric shock the size of a finger just behind the ear, not on the fleshy part. So people listening in, it's not an implant, at least I don't think so. But just above the ear, behind the, yeah, behind the head, mm-hmm. on, the, on the hair, on the skull, I, uh, a really strong electric shock that wakes me up. Now I'm thinking, oh, I'm being attacked. So I start kicking in the air. And a few seconds later, I really, because, you know, I'm in the woods, right? The, right. My, my door was closed, no light coming in from outside. So it's really, really dark, other than the, uh, my clock beside me. So I turn around, realize no one's there, and I look at my clock. And it was 1, 1, 1 a.m. So I got the electric shock at an angel number. So I knew that, okay, they, they, I didn't get any contact during the C5, but they wanted me to know that. They dropped by at one one one. So just mm-hmm. just to make sure that uh, everything fitted. So I was speaking to um, another contactee and, uh, and other people also, and they and uh, I started hearing other stories of being people of those that that are being taken back to their bed. They get electric shocks to the head to wake them up. Mm-hmm. So that was new to me. So I thought that was fascinating. So that could be why I got the shock. I might have been taken that night. Instead of having the normal, hey, I, I see you in the air, but um, <laughs> they're well, sneaky. Yeah. yeah, they are. Um, now, how, how do you feel the, about them, though? Do you feel like you welcome them, or do you fear them? I, I don't. I don't. No, nothing's nothing bad came out of it, um, other than the, the possible my lab thing. But knowing, uh, you know, having all the heart. The heart problems at the time, going through the heart surgery, uh, finding out I have rheumatoid arthritis, and the uh, I don't take medication. I became holistic in health. Uh, I work on myself, and because of that, I never took meds. Um, so there's hope for a lot of people out there. Um, now, uh, so having them come at me at night was very comforting. Okay, like somebody was watching over me. One time I had gallbladder attacks, but I didn't know it, they were, it was uh, like my, I had gallstones at the time. So I had huge stomach pains. I eventually I call out, I call out to the universe. And during that night, I, I'm getting this vision. So you can't control your dreams. Sometimes I, I could get out of the dream, knowing right. it, realizing it's a dream. I, I'd shake my head and I was able to drop out of it. But this time I'm, just, I'm dreaming and I'm seeing the face of a gray, a, a few, maybe a foot away from my face. And it's, I feel it's female. I only saw its face, but it was super, its face was very wrinkly. Uh, and mm-hmm. I see three fingers, three fingers, the thumb-ish, mm-hmm. just above my, my, my sternum where the pain was. I, I think it was scanning me. And I was seeing it like seeing somebody through a, a straw, straw type of light. You know, you're, not, you're at a rave and the lights are flashing. Mm-hmm. And one moment you see the person, the other it's dark. And then you see it again because of a flashing. So that's how I saw the great. And uh, I woke up the next morning. So I, I've had other stuff regarding grades like that. But um, I never felt anything bad from them and uh, only good with them. Do you and, feel uh, like they helped your health issues? I don't know. One time I, I had this sort of pain in my heart, maybe a, a few weeks before the, the operation. And I, I had this sense in my head. And, the sense that somebody was telling me, don't look back because I felt mm-hmm. a needle plunge through my back into my heart. 
And I, I, I had the feeling that said, don't look back, which I didn't. And that's it. But um, like my, my story is a bit different than others. I, I don't have, I don't have like that, that type of contact. I don't remember being taken, but um, I've had these visions regarding my family, which really helped. Now, and that in 2016, things tend to slow down. Now, I talk about the seven-year gap where you got loads of stuff happening for a few years, mm-hmm. and then it stops for seven years. And I'm sort of in the, the uh, in the beginning of a of a new seventh year, let's say. So it's, things are starting up, but for the, like for many years, things really slowed down, um, which really made me like depressed. Um, in 2016, uh, my dad and his new girlfriend went out hunting in the woods. And he, um, so during, so I'm taking care of the dog in the same house, my dad's house. And, um, during that night, I hear my dad's voice say my name very loudly in my head, which makes me wake up. Mm-hmm. Now I never dream about my dad and I only heard his voice. So I thought, okay, his soul's contacting me somehow or something's going to happen to my dad. But I knew, okay, well, he's with his girlfriend. He's got somebody. I'm okay. So I wake up the next morning. 7 a.m., nothing's happening. 8 a.m., no call. 9 a.m., no call. 10 a.m., his girlfriend calls up to tell me that my my dad called her on the phone saying that he's lost. Hmm. Now, my dad's a woodsman. He spent all of his life hunting, and he used to to work in the logging industry in the woods. So he was used to to being in the woods. So, Mm -hmm. and he he was hunting in, in the area where he grew up. So it didn't make sense that he was lost. So, but okay. So that's why I, I heard my dad's voice last night. So, uh, and she, so we, we uh, hang up. And uh, so I decided to put on my clothes really fast. And I start driving to where he was, not knowing where he was. 30 minutes in while I'm driving, he calls up. And I felt that I, I was hearing a bit of fear in my dad's, um, my dad's voice. Mm-hmm. And he says, come, hurry up and come equipped. So he tells me a bit where he was. By that time, but he, tell, he didn't tell me what, what was the matter. By the time I get to the camp, I, he, I find out that my dad came face to face with a moose. He was hunting with a born arrow. He tried to kill it. The arrow skidded off his side. Oh, no. The moose ran past him. While turning around is some of the arrows he had on his back. Well, one arrow fell to the ground in the moss, pointing upwards. As soon as he twisted around, and trying to get another arrow locked in to try to shoot it, the arrow in the ground went through his calf. Those oh, things are bloody sharp. Yeah. It went, through, it went through the boot, through his calf, and he was bleeding. Oh, my. That's why he was confused. He was bleeding too much. So he, he called up his girlfriend and told her, go inside the truck and, and start pressing on the horn. So he was able, able to sight on where the sound was coming up mm-hmm. coming from he, he, he went he, he walked back to the camp so as soon as he got there he, he removed the aerial oh the guy was lucky because he didn't get a like a major artery but yeah we thanks to me thanks to the voice i was there at the right time and i was able to drive him hella fast back to the hospital it took me an hour and a half uh and uh for the, all the lights were flashing on my truck and we got there and uh, so I was about, he, he was okay in the end. Um, now, what else? What else? So things started to slow down. I had my, for like, I, would, I did my UFO conference and uh, 
So I, I found a new job, a new apartment, and things went, started to get a lot better slowly. Eventually, I, uh, I meet up with a, an experiencer online. And after like a year talking with her, she decides to ask me out. Oh, but she lived, she lived five hours away from me. Uh-huh. So I thought, well, might as well. I haven't had anyone in my life for five years. I drive down. So, I, so I'm at the hotel and I, I fall asleep. So I'm in the bed. Nothing, like, nothing's happened for years. And during that night, I realize I'm, I'm conscious, but I'm on my stomach. I don't feel the bed, but I feel two hands touching my, putting their hands on my, on my, on, on other side of my body, on my, 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 yeah, my chest area. Mm-hmm. And they start, they, they start moving on the bed from once. So that I feel I'm being moved from one side of the bed to the other. Oh. And I thought to myself, wow, I'm being abducted and I'm conscious. So I send out love with my head thinking they're grays. Mm-hmm. I send them love telepathically. And so I was expecting uh, somebody like responding with a voice. But this time I'm hearing high pitched shrills outside of my body with my own ears. Oh, no, no, no. <laughs> Imagine a banshee screaming. That's what I heard. I thought, whoa, those aren't great. So I send him love again. Again, I'm hearing banshee screams. So th- by the time this happened, my second scream, I, I-, I suspect I'm in between the I don't know if I'm where I was. I, I suspect I was on the bed, but I, I could have been anywhere. But I, I feel I feel like I'm being pushed towards the wall where uh-huh. the pillow was. Then I, I move upwards and that's where I black out. So I wake up the next, during that morning, a few hours later, thinking, oh, okay, it could be a dream. So I go on Facebook and I, I, I write it down, but I omit the banshee part. I fall back asleep and my, my soon-to-be girlfriend uh, she, I tell her, Hey, something happened to me last night. Did anything happen to you? But I, I didn't tell her story and she didn't write, she didn't read the, the blog on Facebook. She says, yeah, something happened to me too. And then she, she says, well, I think I was dreaming and I'm feeling somebody putting pillows all around me and on my face. And they're giving me this huge hug and it's somewhat painful. And I, and I tell them telepathically, please stop. It's hurting me. And then, out of the blue, she starts hearing banshee shrieks. Oh, my goodness. During the same wee hours that I was taken, or that at least that event happened, uh-huh. but she hears, th- she hears three banshee shriek- shrieks instead of two like I did before she blacked out. Wow. So, uh, I started to wonder, is this like the sort of love bite thing that Eve Lorigan talks about where ETs get involved into, into relationships mm-hmm. and they have people connect together for obvious purposes. So, because my, my new girlfriend's way too good for me. She's really nice <laughs> and she's lovable and she's, she's amazing. So that's why I joke with her that uh, you're being programmed by the, the ETs that to love me. Because <laughs> you're I'm but, sure you um, guys are equal match. Yeah. So yeah, we've been together ever since. We've been together five years now. That's wonderful. And we, yeah, we, I bought a new house and I moved and we're uh, we're enjoying the good life. So your life is getting better. I yeah, mean, yeah, yeah. Since yeah. you're both experiencers, have you had experiences other than that together? We uh, well, we did a C five and we had contact for like ten minutes in the air. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, her mom, but she would wake up and and the 
in the morning and she as soon as she'd open her eyes, she would see like third eye visions of ETs. She would see Grays walking in her bedroom, opening drawers, playing. Uh, they would have iPads. They would have wands. And they would do things that, out of curiosity. Sometimes she would see reptilians uh, smiling at her, showing her their jewelry huh. and other types of ETs. Sometimes she would see a council. She would be on a ship and she would see and like and see a whole bunch of ETs. So she 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 she, she yeah, it's, she's a really good drawer too. She she she's the one that helped me draw the mantid for my uh oh, my for your, YouTube yeah. channel. And uh yeah, she does also these uh like uh pottery figurines too. Mm-hmm. And um so her mom, so when she moved to my place, her mom's uh since you know, her bedroom was in the, the basement. So if the, the summer was really hot, she would sleep in her bedroom. And her mom started getting contact because she was sleeping in her bedroom in the morning. Interesting. So, yeah. So it's, a lot of the times that she would sleep in the bedroom, mm-hmm. she would call up and she would have an experience to tell us. And uh, all about little people, small arms, big heads. Yeah. Yeah, huh. basically the grays. And one time, she, when I, last year, was it listed? I don't know, I think it's, yeah, last year because we were in 2023. I had the, uh, the uh, her parents over and um, we decided to let them sleep in my, in the master bedroom for, I don't know why. We slept in the, <laughs> yeah, we, uh, yeah, because we, yeah, we, we had an old mattress in the guest room. So we, since right. they're old and have back <laughs> problems, I gave them the good mattress. So they were sleeping in my bedroom. And we're sleeping in the guest room. And during the night, I start dreaming that in front of my face, I'm seeing these, a hand, but I'm only seeing three fingers, uh, dolphin colored skin. And they're pencil size uh, fingers, but they're really long. Mm -hmm. And I'm seeing these small pointy fingernails. And I knew this was like a gray uh, well, three gray fingers that I'm seeing in front of my face. I wake up the next morning. Her mom gets up and she starts saying, I think somebody was in the bedroom last night with us. I feel somebody beside me. I, and I reach out in the dark and I'm grabbing an arm. Huh. Interesting. So, we had, wow. so we, had, we had both a visitation in the house at the same time. I had the, they probably came to see us. Mm-hmm. For some, no, I my soul, whatever conscious was able to register or did my eyes open for a fraction of a second? I have no idea, but we had contact that night. So yeah, you know, things are still ongoing. Yeah. Once they say you're an experiencer, it keeps on, keeps on. Yeah. It's like the energizer bunny. <laughs> it's true. That's so true, yeah. where do people find your show? Uh, on YouTube. Uh, at uh, Experiencer Interviews, that's the uh, that's the channel. Okay. So this is my fourth year, and uh, I've got over a hundred interviews, people from around the uh, around the world, mm-hmm. and uh, yeah, and just um, I, I'm on Spotify, Spreaker. I, I just recently uploaded a season one, so I've got four seasons to, to upload. So I'll be doing that this week. I'm on Spreaker, uh, iHeart, I believe, and. Uh, a few, a few others. So people could find me there, experience their interviews. 
And, awesome. or, and I've got I've got a Facebook page, Experiencer Interviews Official. And for those that love the channel and uh, want to share with me public uh, privately, I also have a private group that they could find uh, via the uh, Facebook page. Awesome. It's been wonderful talking to you and thank you for sharing your story. Well, thanks. Thanks for having me. It's been fun. You have a wonderful, wonderful week.